With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. Good evening, I'm Jim and this is your Manchester Football Social, the voice of football fans in Manchester and your chance to have your say about your football team as always. No action for City or United this evening, but there is still loads to chat about. An attack on grassroots football in Manchester. Manchester City Stadium expansion plans... And that's without even considering England's third-time lucky victory against Croatia this weekend. We'll be doing all that in the company of Gary Owen, Manchester City legend. Evening, Gary. Hi, Jimbo. We've also got comedian and Manchester United founder Alex Boardman. Evening, Alex. Hi, Jim. I always almost call you Manchester United comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but that has a completely different I thought you were going to go for legend then. I was like, steady on. We'll get maybe tweets. one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> if you want to get involved as well, you can get me on the number 0345 1176 That's the phone number. 0345 Your thoughts very welcome this evening. Don't be put off by the 0345 at the beginning of that. It is simply a local call rate. It's no more expensive than calling a takeaway or your mum down the road. If you don't want to speak to us on the phone, you can send us a text, 87711. Get involved this evening. I particularly want your views on the proposed plans to close the Trafford Park Soccer Dome, a massive indoor football facility in Manchester, and the impact that's going to have on grassroots football in this city, the ability for kids to play football in an indoor environment. The number, again, 0345. Treble one seventy six twenty five to get involved in that. We'll get onto that very shortly, but first we're going to take a slightly different look at football because we've got another football fan in the studio, Nick Fraser, who you might know as Nick Merchman Fraser from the Charlatans, and he's one of the men behind probably the footballing highlight of two thousand and eighteen for me, Bands FC. Hi, Nick. Hello there. Thanks for coming in. Right, so for the uninitiated, if there's a few people in the city who don't know exactly what Bands FC is yet, right. can you sum it up in a nutshell for me? Yeah. Football teams as bands, bands as football teams. It's like the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It doesn't go outside of that. Right. So you get a band, let's say Pulp, and uh, you get a team, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it makes sense. 
you get the crest of Sheffield Wednesday, you have a little look at it, make the owl look like Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> And I've got a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> and put the sponsor as Disco 2000 and um, uh, put them on sale. Yeah. And then I don't want to go on about my charity work, but we raised um, <laughs> over £30,000 for Chef Sheffield Children's Hospital. Very, very, very nice. nice. You I, should uh, mention charity. I, very much so, very much. It ends there, though. Is it always the club and the, the band that have l roots? Geographically, is it always? I'm glad you asked that because example? some people do get upset, you see, and we do have to sort of put them right. You see, I always use this example the band Throbbing Gristle, a Partick Thistle. That one's a rhyme, right? Okay. You see, <laughs> so it, do, it doesn't lack because people say, Lee Mavers, Lee Mavers, he's a big Everton fan, he is Lee, Lee. Well, we did the Lars, yeah, as LA Galaxy. Which it already sense. says la on it, <laughs> so uh, but it does um, it does pique a few uh, people. The Cure they did a song called A Forest. Yep. So it's Nottingham Forest, but people do turn there, there, there from Crawley. Do uh -huh. any of the bands Sorry. get upset? We'll get on to why you're in because there's something going on this weekend that we're going to talk about that happened in Manchester at one of the clubs. So we'll talk about that very soon. But firstly, do the bands get upset that you've aligned to them to the wrong club necessarily? No. Um, one of Ocean Colour scene me messaged yesterday and said, "Can you do one for us?" And we said, "Oh, we've done one." Um, and they're from a particularly difficult area, yeah. um, the Midlands, because they have so many football teams. Mm. And you think there's always four or five in a band. So rarely, even Oasis had United fan, fan in them. <laughs> you know, Bonehead refused to be on those yeah. main, main road gigs. Um, and so it's not always going to be everybody. And we do have to kind of say hey, this is a bit of fun, as yeah. somebody's losing their mind over it. <laughs> um, so there's one... Uh, so the, the actual guy from Ocean Colour Scene, uh, one of one of the guys, was, uh, oh, could you do one for us? I said, don't you worry, OK, done one. Sent it back and went... And it was um, the Birmingham City badge, which is those two things with three... two globes with sort of three... Yeah. And the three words, Ocean Colour Scene. Simon Fowler, the singer, big uh, fan. People like... Some of them, some of them are Villa fans, and get getting excited. We did Def Leppard as um, as um, uh, Sheffield United, right? And uh, here's a picture, here's a picture of the guitarist with a Sheffield Wednesday guitar, and, and so some of them. And we're saying, you know, try and calm yourself down. You've picked two incredibly passionate pe groups of people, yeah. band yeah, fans yeah, yeah. and football fans. Well, There's also gonna, always going to be friction. Well, I did, uh, I, I took to Twitter to try and take the sting out of it, and it, it was to share a frequently asked question, yeah. which was, um, if a team I don't like is a band I love, or if a band I don't like is a team I love, what do, what do I do? Yeah. And the answer was... Um, uh, Simply remember that you're actually a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like you were editing yourself for radio yeah. there. <laughs> said that I was well. waiting for another answer there. <laughs> um, so, this weekend, it was a nice thing you did for Salford City FC. You were bought in and you designed a special programme for them. And did, you yeah. sold some limited edition pin badges at the match. How did that all come about? So, they've got... Well, we, we did a design because they've got that lion in a sort of... Uh, shieldy kind of shape. Mm. And on this one, we did go on geography, and Tim Burgess was uh, born in Salford. Yeah. So we went along with that one. <clears throat> and he's a solo artist as well as his, his band got 
Charlton Athletic because he's in the Char- Charlton. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've got that one. Some you have to do a bit of work on. Um, <laughs> and so we we um, we shared this, and it's quite a, you know the club's sort of really uh, a part of the community and everything else. We've got so many followers on Twitter that people start clicking like on something, and they generally notice it. Mm. Um, so Gary Neville said, "Why don't you?" bring them, have a stall, come down. We were thinking, well, they've got a thing called Foundation 92, yeah. which is the, the, what the club raises uh, money for. Mm. And uh, so we took this stuff down uh, and raised £970. Well done. And and uh, that was a bit more charity work, wasn't it? Flipping <laughs> <laughs> heck. <laughs> um, it's all for charity, because obviously you're dealing with other people's logos and other people's shirts and all these different... I'm afraid I'm going to have to get my legal team who are sat around (laughs) me now um, to talk. No, it's, um, yeah, we, you know, lots is. We've sponsored some, we sponsored a team in Chorley called Brinscall Juniors, which was fantastic. Um, So they needed some money, so we're their shirt sponsor. And then they started selling the replica shirts (laughs) of a junior team. And they're selling them all over the world, so they're making quite a bit of money from that. Which, you know, we don't get... their own kit now. We don't get exactly, and we don't get any off. Um, so yes, yeah, but I think it's 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 um, you know it's it, it, so many of the um, bands like Franz Ferdinand. We tweeted a thing sort of saying, "Oh, we're working on one for Franz Ferdinand." The obvious one, F.K. Sarajevo, where obviously um, yeah, that's where, what was in my head instantly when you said Franz Ferdinand, where Franz Ferdinand yeah, was obviously. assassinated. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is that why? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, I, I actually thought they're quite a they're quite a booky sort of a, a booky sort of band. So we went. We sometimes try and hook the bands in with a bit, you know, with a bit of temptation. Yeah. And uh, they were like, so Alex Capranos actually saw the planned ones, and he was like, I like the one on the top right. That, you're just going to have to say Alex Capranos is not here. That was me doing the voice. <laughs> was it? Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we went to Festival Number Six, and they were there, and uh, they knew we were there. And they're going, "Oh, have you got some prints? Would you come round?" So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Johnson from the the he was a bit the same. Didn't Daft Punk ask for a copy of your Paris Jean-Simons? Yeah, they well? they did. They did through Sony. There, obviously, they don't right. communicate with humans themselves. <laughs> But um, they, uh, they, so a guy from Sony got in touch and I was thinking, is this just somebody with a bit of a made-up email address and uh, whatever else? But we checked out the credentials and he's one of their sort of management team and they asked for three copies, one, one for each of them, and I think, I don't know, one for eBay. <laughs> but uh, It's a brilliant thing. Are you going to be doing any more football club collaborations directly like you have with Salford? Has anyone approached you off the back of that and gone, come and do our programme? Yeah, there's a few. We sort of put a bit of a sort of message out saying we'd do it. Yeah. And uh, we're just kind of talking to a few people at the moment. Um, of, there's, but there's some brilliant clubs like West Brom and uh, Leek. Yeah. D- do really good programmes anyway. So there's that, and you know, there's that sort of history with them where we're hopefully going to work with a few clubs and, and, and do some more of them, yeah. And I know Tim... Burgess was DJing beforehand as well. He was playing the pre-match music. He I've was. always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to play the song that the team come out onto the pitch to. What did he pick? What was his, like, big crescendo? Was well, it Charlton's tune? Uh, he did have some Charlton's one. He had a Char- Charlton's one in there. He also had a, uh, his new single of right. his own to plug um, that, that got a play. But I think they come out to Dirty Old Town, so that was the one. So the actual one of them running out was... Um, was uh, uh, the Pogues version of Dirty Old Town. So, he, but his was uh, his choices were kind of around that. 
Brilliant. Nick, thank you for coming in. You're going to stick around. You're a football fan anyway, so we'll talk about all the topics we've got going on this evening. You mentioned Bonehead earlier, United fan. And if you want to hear more about Bonehead himself, you can hear him in our brand new podcast, The Humans of Excess Manchester, which launched earlier today, our very own Clint Boone, talking to Bonehead about music, about football, about growing up and a load of other stuff as well. If you want to find that, just search Humans of Excess Manchester, however you get your podcasts in Spotify or Acast or anything like that. But shall we talk about proper football for a bit? Shall we talk about England versus Croatia, which was what I hear was a great game this weekend. I say I hear it was a great game because I didn't watch it, because it's on Sky and I don't have Sky television. So before we get into the game itself, here's a big question for you. Should all England games, all in- England internationals, be broadcast on terrestrial television? Yes, but it won't be. Because the money, the money people decide that they'll give... <clears throat> The money to whichever association it is, and in turn, the rich get richer, and unfortunately, the guys like yourself that don't have Sky or don't go down the pub and watch it mm. in the pub, uh, don't get to see it. But in an ideal world, we should have three o'clock kickoffs. We should plan a Saturday afternoon. Mm. But if it feels like that something's been lost there, with the game being on Sky and with these Nations League games being moved to Sky Television... There was a massive crescendo of support established over the summer for yeah. England. Everyone got behind it. All that disinterest was kind of put into the past and then was like, right, this is the future. And then these games get taken away for what I'd imagine is 50% of the public. Well, those games were on... The World Cup was on one and three, wasn't it? So mm. then you're only... Yeah. Sorry, BBC one and ITV one. Um, so your only sort of problem was which commentator you hate the most. <laughs> and so you avoid oh, that Oh, turn one. the sound down. Are you t- yeah, turn the sound down and put the radio on, actually. That's, that's kind of what we but used to do. Then you decide which station you want the radio on. <laughs> yeah, so my wife's got Radio 2 on or something. <laughs> Quite like that. It's Leeds thing. <laughs> Dermot Gallagher, Dermot O'Leary. And, um... So I think that's one of the the reasons that the because the way they played was fantastic, but the fact that everyone is watching it mm. and everyone's watching it for free, and I mean people, lots of people do have Sky, but um, I know some people's parents don't have Sky. I think when you get mm. to an older age, you're like, I don't, don't want to watch Sky. I don't want to pay that money. Yeah, um, and not everyone can afford it. So it just feels like half of that support that you built up has not been able to watch that match. And th- the highlights were on at 10 past 11 last night. Uh, they were on ITV, and I turned on... I, don't, I knew the result anyway, and I'd seen it. And I, w- I turned the news on, and they, did, they didn't even do that warning. You know where they go, oh, if you don't want to know the score, turn away now. He just ra- ran right into it and went... They showed the winning goal and went, oh, and this was the result, and this was the result in Northern mm. Ireland's game. And, and anyway, that's on in two minutes. And you're like... Imagine if you've not seen it and you've avoided yeah. the score, which I do all the time. It's very difficult nowadays, wouldn't it, to avoid a scoreline with social media and it all is, that? It is for you and me to avoid it. It's not difficult if you're 65 to mm. avoid it, because you're not on Twitter, eh, and stuff. So I don't think so. Here's a question for you. We're going to talk about grassroots football in a moment, and we're going to talk about the closure of the Trafford Soccer Dome. And there's a lot of fuss about that closing down and the potential impact that has on young players coming through. And we always talk about the lack of investment in grassroots football. The... F- idea of putting England games on Sky Television is purely financial. As you said, Gary, it's about the money men and the money they make. If it's a trade-off directly, and let's not pretend for a moment that it is a trade-off directly, (laughs) but if it was a trade-off directly being going, here's some money to invest in grassroots football, and here is the possibility of having the games remain on terrestrial television, which one of those two things is more important? Is the grassroots football more important, or is the access to watching the game the more important thing? Listen... It depends who's sat in that chair and who's sat in this chair for that answer. But grassroots football has to 
continue because I think kids now have got too many things to uh, occupy the mind. They've got Xbox, they've got you name it. They can sit inside, don't want to go outside, you know. And to look at it from the other way, though, Gary, I mean, I remember the odd girl when I was at school 30 years ago might play football up to, say, age 12. Mm. But I I almost wonder if there's more kids playing football now because girls' football is huge, absolutely huge. And I can remember girls used to have to try and ask for special dispensation from the Manchester Sunday League and things, and they were allowed to play in the league until they were 13 or 14. Now there's, there's like, a huge setup. So... I, d- I think grassroots football, I agree with Gary, it's more important than it's ever been because you're it not is, just but talking about you're not about allowed boys. to go out now. I mean, you would not allow your child to go out and play. You, you know, you, on the street on or the street on a... anywhere. No. Not, it's got to be supervised and then, really, you've got to watch who's supervising your children as well. It's, yeah. This is the stage you're getting to. But go get out, get some fresh air. There's enough in classrooms and enough at home and get themselves out. You know, they say about obesity. It is because there's no running about anymore. We play games and just running. You're running from starts. From the minute you get up to the minute, you, now kids don't want to do it. So you've got to have some place where they can have at least organised sport. And the Trafford Centre, not just for kids either. I know plenty of my pals mm. and, and younger ones that go along there because you yourself, Jim, you go uh, and, and play five Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday and they all look forward to going. Now that closes down. It's harder to find places to go and... and, and and have a, have a kick about with you, young or old. We'll talk more about that in a moment. If you want to get involved, it's 0345 111 Your opinions on that are very welcome. But let's stay on England for the time being, because we will talk about the game. Third time lucky playing Croatia in 2018. And finally, England get the victory. And by all accounts, like I say, I didn't see the game, I heard the game. It was a cracker, wasn't it? Yeah, listen, England were the best team in the first half, and no two ways about it. And But then they get the goal after 57 minutes. Um, and then, you know, it showed a bit of character. They came back into it. I don't think the most clinical goals from Lingard and uh, no. Kane, but it doesn't matter how they go in as long as you win the game. They've won the game, but for me, the pleasing part about it was a lot of young players playing in there. Pickford, I know mm. he was at the World Cup, but still a young young guy. Gomez, who was yeah. arguably man of the match. John Stones, he's still a young guy. Chilwell, Barkley, uh, Sterling, Rashford. All young guys, 23, 24. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Kane's not the eldest. I mean, I think Delph at 31 or whatever he is, maybe I don't even think he's 31, uh, is, and Walker at 27. They're the eldest statesmen now. So they're bringing the age of the team down and able to take... Uh, Croatia, I don't believe, are, are one of the forces in the world. I was disappointed we didn't beat them in the semi-final of the mm. World Cup. The game in against... With nobody watching in, in the first game against Croatia away was a... <sighs> was a turn-off, to say the least. Yeah. It ended nil-nil. But I thought the game was, was interesting, and it made it more interesting when we went a goal behind because we had to get back in and we had to win it. And at the end of the end, it worked well. From a Man City point of view, obviously, Fabian Delph. There was a load of talk about Fabian Delph firstly being made captain after making only 10 England appearances and a handful mm. of appearances for City this season. Widely criticised ahead of the USA game. Oh, but actually, in that Croatia game... He played that role, that defensive midway role, far better and more attacking than Jordan Henderson does. Of course, listen, there'll be an odd game that that can happen and, and Delph is a midfield player. He's played left back for us and had to because, didn't have to, but we turned him into one when, when Mendy got injured last season and did an excellent job there and did an excellent job. But Delph is a midfield player, he knows the game and because of how he's working at our football club, he gets to know how you play all roles. So if somebody gets injured, you can fit in and you know what that role that is. So for him, playing a midfield role for him is no no hardship because he's done it all his life, but he's, he's learning under Pep 
the way to to play that role. And he's filled in for Fernandinho when he's been either injured or he needed a bit of a rest because we've got nobody to replace him. He's played in that role. So, I mean, when I read the USA game, well, I mean, they're coming from all angles at him. Worst mm. player, this, this, that and the other. So, it was nice to see him have a good game and shut a few people up. And from Lingard's point of view as well, the other homegrown player that had a decent game, scored a goal, mm. Alex. As far as United are concerned, going forward, he's been a big miss so far this he season. Has. He's been injured for quite a lot. Yeah. Him scoring goals and him on form is going to be very important if United are going to turn this season round. Well, yeah, Rashford was also excellent as well. So it shows that they're not bad players. I don't think anyone's thinking they're bad players. Jesse at the derby was possibly a bit unlucky. I think he'd had, he came on for one minute against Everton he maybe played for five minutes against Juventus so he he wasn't fully match fit then he, he started against City it didn't quite work out for him Rashford also started up front didn't work out for him either but the difference with the England team is the midfield and the defenders all push up and actually support the attackers mm. and they play the ball in front rather than like lumping a ball to Rashford with his back to goal on the halfway line and expecting him with two defenders around to control it, turn and set off from the hang on. Are we just having a conversation saying that England are suddenly a more offensive option than Manchester United? I tell you what, I've, <laughs> the most offensive thing I've seen was United in that derby for a long time. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. But yes, I suppose yes. Wow. The answer. What I like about Southgate is that he changed his formation as well. He didn't just stick to three at the back as he did in the World mm. Cup, and because he, you know, horses for courses, played four at the back. Mm. I think Chilwell. I mean, surprised me even. He's he's fit into that role as though as though he's played it all his life. I mean, for England, of course he's played it all his life. He's a left back at Leicester, yeah. but I've never looked at him at Leicester thinking he's outstanding. But for England, he looks he looks a different player and. And, you know, we have we have been blessed. We've got Shaw there. We've got Rose, who are, well, Rose is a bit older, but Shaw's there. Uh, Rose is there. And Chilwell's sat in there. And and he's the one to to move now, I think. because And Gomez at the back. I mean, he's played probably half a season at Liverpool. And he's, he's well, playing out of his skin. It's only four months since the World Cup. Since mm. we're, and there was like half the team was a different team. Yeah. They would Gomez just... would have gone to the World Cup if he'd not been injured. He got injured didn't he, before the World Cup, but he would have gone to the World Cup. On the World Cup thing, there was a lot of talk <coughs> after this game. This is the final game for England in 2018, and there was a lot of talk about saying, this is the icing on the cake. This is finishing off a fantastic year for England. That's a bit of an exaggeration, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not been a fantastic year for England. We did all right in the World Cup. The country got behind it. We lost to, as you say, a reasonably poor team in Croatia. As an England fan, Nick, do you feel like it's all been a little bit overhyped? Yeah, well, I think because uh, I was uh, those games that you're saying about being on Sky and stuff like that. I remember those um, the home internationals, <laughs> you know, where there'd be a traditional pitch, pitch invasion yeah. and a load of Scottish guys <laughs> in flares breaking the bar. Uh, oh, the good old uh, Wembley, yeah, 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 and somebody with a dart in the corner of the nose. And um, but that was a thing that you sat around as kids, sort of watching. And and I think Southgate's definitely done that thing. It seemed like. You know, kids who were like seven, eight or nine who were just sort of getting into football, that I th think they did that part of it. Mm. But, um, and you know, they've got sort of heroes like Harry Kane and, and, and I think that they did all that bit and just didn't do the other bit of sort of winning it. But, you know, that, it's part of growing up and kids a bit disappointed and on to the next tournament or whatever it is. I believe that if Belgium had not beaten us... And we took, and they'd have took our route, and we'd have took mm. their route. They would have, they'd have gone and probably won that. 
But as you say, there are promising signs there. There's a whole new team, Alex, as you yeah. mentioned. So it is building for the future. I, it's looking ahead to the next and the next. Do you know what? I disagree as well, because it's not like we were starting off like England were a top 10 side. We were awful and we've underperformed for years and years and years at every tournament. And finally, we've got a bit of hope and a bit of pride in the national team that it's exciting people again. So I, I, I disagree and I'm kind of, I don't even like England, to be honest, because I support United and the history of all the players it's mm. ruined and the bad things that's happened. But I get behind this young England side because they're trying and they're trying to please everyone and they're trying to play attacking football and, and it's great to watch. It's coming home, but it's just not coming home quite yet. It's coming home soon at some point in the future. Right, we're going to talk about grassroots football next. The closure of Manchester's Trafford Park Soccer Dome or the potential closure of that upset a lot of people in terms of the impact that is going to have on grassroots football and kids coming through. Your views on that, 0345 111 We'll get it on the agenda next in the ex-Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. This is the Manchester Football Social. Don't forget you can get the show as a podcast. Just search Manchester Football Social however you find your podcasts. You can get every day of the week, be it Monday, Wednesday or Friday, when we discuss City and United, our Tuesday show with Ian Cheeseman, Forever Blue or our Thursday night show, the full-time Devils phone-in, where things are getting very, very heated. At the moment, it's a bit more sedate in the studio this evening. No games to talk about as such, but we've got Gary Owen, Manchester City legend in the studio, Alex Boardman, comedian and United fan, and Nick Fraser from Bands FC as well, which we were just talking in the break there about. Nick's a football fan, but he says he wants City and United to do well, which I really like as a sentiment, because I had this exact conversation with someone the other day saying, I want City and United both to be playing nice football. Yeah, it was... Well, it goes back to sort of school days. I know we, I'd, I used to go and watch City and United. Yeah. Like, there was family friends who you'd just go along to it when you could. So I saw Colin Bell play and I saw Gary play and so, yeah. you know, and uh, Stuart Pearson or whoever. And then... Um, but I just used to see people who were so into it and you'd they'd be targeted at school when something... when their team lost heavily. Mm. And you think... As though they were the manager or something. This eight-year-old <laughs> eight in a playground being harangued. And I was just thinking, I don't think I've got the mental strength. <laughs> so, uh, funnily enough, I ended up... I went to watch a band and I thought, this is more like it. Everybody's on the same side. <laughs> and kind of, and you, it's funny because there's links. It's 90 minutes. Uh, an encore, extra time. Yeah. It sort of ends there, but it would have been quite good if I had loads of things that made it the same. But I like um, that. There's a tribalism in both of those things, actually. Yeah, I think but you're right. instead of getting punched, well, you might have a Slipknot gig or something, but by one of your friends. And, um, yeah, there's not, there's not the rivalry. You can't come out of a gig having lost 2-0 away <laughs> and you're in the middle of Doncaster. <laughs> With somebody throwing some art, yeah. I've had some comments. The question why in the middle of Doncaster? First and foremost. Well, I want to ask you this, Gary, because I was talking to Ian Cheeseman last week and I said, there must be a part of you that wants United to do well. Because I remember talking to United fans where City were way down the divisions. If you find that part, let me know, will you? We want the derby. We want Manchester to be a competitive space. And it's becoming less and less so. Does not any part of you want United to be challenging you Not one bit, not one bit. I want them to stay in the Premier League, of course I do, and I want yeah. them to struggle right. like hell and let them and let them, let them come to us and, and suffer like they did, like we've done many, mm. many times. Of course you want to do that. But, listen, it only lasts for a day, a week. Look, I've not seen him for a week and I've let him off scot-free. The days <laughs> gone by, we'd never have done that. But uh, we had a, a bit of fun outside. But it does. For that 24 hours, 48 hours, yeah, you can have it. 
And then you've got it for six months then. Mm. So he'll lick his wounds. But trust me, come the Derby Old Trafford, he'll be back as strong as then another... He won't be going 1-1 one, one draw again. He's the most predictive I've ever known in my life. Back he won't be going another 1-1 one, one draw. Because then he'll want it again. Now, that's what I like about Derby, because I've got loads of my pals. I was all out with them on, on the Saturday night before we played on the Sunday. They were all there. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll do you again. I said, you won't do us again. It's impossible. You will not do us again. A 1-1 one, one draw. I think, Alex, you It's much more fun. I did, yeah, it's when City crack. weren't there... It was not as good, mm. and Leeds not being there. I mean, Leeds could possibly come up this season. Mm. So that's three absolutely belting games next season. Leeds, City, Liverpool. the rivalry. Because it, of the, the rivalry and the atmosphere mm. is so much better. I mean, what's the next game? We've got Palace on Saturday. It'll be fine. But imagine if that was Leeds coming up, or it, you yeah. know, if, you know, what? I think that's hopelessly optimistic. One, Palace is going to be fine as a United fan at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the atmosphere. I'm talking about the atmosphere. <laughs> right, let's talk about the Trafford Soccer Dome because it's been a big talking point amongst football communities over the last few months. Many of us use Power League's facilities right across Manchester, but one of the most disappointing potential venue closures in the five-a-side world has been the closure of the Trafford Soccer Dome because it is one of the few indoor football venues in the city. Right now, hundreds of kids and adults play there every single week. And the worry is that removing the facility, removing the Trafford Soccer Dome from the pitches available to these grassroots footballs will affect grassroots football directly. This is where Marcus Rashford used to kick a ball in anger. So there are campaigns to keep it open at the moment. There are suggestions that Manchester City, Manchester United or the council should even be putting their hands in their pockets to keep this open. And that raises an interesting question. Grassroots football in this city, is it the responsibility of Manchester City Council to keep these facilities open or should that investment be coming from the clubs that ultimately benefit from it? Technically, the uh, indoor game has uh, AstroTurf roots football. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Nick. This is very true. (laughs) From a council point of view, I can understand if they were to say it's lower down on our list of priorities because of the way things are at the minute. Mm. We've got a huge homeless problem as just one example of other things that you could say are possibly more important. Um, I don't know whether you you would think it's United and City's responsibility. I don't think it is either. Um, But if the demand is there for it to be being used, I don't see... I'm struggling to understand... If, if hundreds and hundreds of kids do do use it, um, it seems like from a business point of view, perhaps I just don't know enough about the story. Yeah, I, exactly. I agree with you, Alex. Uh, I don't know enough about the story, but I do know a lot of people use it. I know a lot of kids that use it. I've been there where, you know, somebody's had a birthday party yeah. and they've mm. had the, the football there and everything's been taken. It's always been taken when I've been there. Now... Is well, that I need a weekend to get I think the argument is, I think this is it. From a business point of view, and maybe it isn't, it's a massive site and there it's are huge. many, many pitches there. And if you try and get a game at six o'clock or seven o'clock on a weekday when all the works teams are in there or on Saturday when there's kids' parties, it's very difficult to get a pitch. But at the same time, as it with any business, it, it runs from nine o'clock in the morning. And if you go at you know, 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, those pitches will be empty. Yeah, so, we used to go at noon on a Monday, there was like a, a comedian's game, Liverpool versus Manchester, and we there was us most weeks, and then one other time there was another pitch taken. So it, I don't think it's being used as was much Was that comedians as a, as, because you were having it as a job, or comedians as you were playing football? <laughs> it was, it was both. both. It was so Well, you know, bad. it wouldn't be because most people, well, a lot of people work, and, and mm. the people that don't work can't afford to go and play. So if it's so. not a business concern, mm. then that funding has to come from somewhere else if such a facility is going to remain open, doesn't it? 
of course it does, but when they were first installed in there, there must have been a, a demand for it because you just don't you don't create something as expensive and as, as, as much as that and then leave it empty. You can't do, but unless the unless the people that was promoting it to try and get people in, but nobody's going to be using it through the daytime, Monday to Friday. No, exactly. There's also... Well, unless it's a lunch hour, maybe you can lunch yeah. get out no, there. No, you've got but... people like... But you think um, <clears throat> people... The amount of people, the whole of the town centres now, sort of restaurants rather than shops or anything. Mm. You think most people who work in restaurants, you're free in the daytime and stuff. I'd spent lots of time working in those. And you think if they could target those those people to, uh, to be sort of taking it... And 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 also, also, it's probably been open 10, 15 years. Twenty years. Twenty years, right? Wow. So twenty years ago, I don't even know if the big the ski slope only opened about twelve years mm. ago. I think there's now a golf thing with dinosaurs there. Yeah, there is. Um, and there's there's yeah. just loads of other stuff. Maybe it's competition. Um, that they can't handle, um, but maybe that's bringing more people mm. in, and maybe there's a way to attract. Well, there's enough people to go to the Trafford Centre. I mean, it's rammed. Yeah. I mean, it is day in day out. It's rammed that that Trafford Centre, and it's vast. It's probably the biggest mall mm. in Europe, and it's it's a weekend. It's just insane. It, I mean, the motorway's jammed. Mm. So there's enough people go there. So there must be enough people can can get in there to, to put. And I don't think there's any question that the site is going to close. I think the site will remain open. It's what that site becomes mm. is a bit of a question. Mark Taylor's been in contact via our Twitter account. Says I'm going to edit this for a radio friendly version. It's an absolute joke when that expletive removed Scudamore walks away from the Premier League with nay on five million quid, and yet this is happening to grassroots football. I suppose what it does underline is when you've got two sides of the coin there, there is a massive imbalance in football. And we've known about this for a long time, that the Premier League is getting £5 million bonuses for their involvement, yet at the other end of the scale, you've got a grassroots facility that potentially faces closure because it doesn't have the funds. All the players seem to have these foundations and like... Mm. Like I said, my legal team's not here with me at the moment, so maybe you'll need <laughs> yours. But you think, you know, for, and I know there's those figures like 300 grand a week get banded around and that sort of moves upwards and whatever. And you think one person could step in mm. and, and take that on and probably, you know, sort of make it work as a business, but obviously sink a bit of money into it, where they that person would then be just seen as such a hero. And I think the players are detached that they don't realise if you said it to one of them. And said, mm. you realise with your, with the loose change in your pocket, you'd be remembered forever. And you think of all those players you've gone through, whether, you know, uh, all the players through United or whatever, you, you'd still be talking about Jesper Blomquist. Mm. Uh, the yes, going, yeah. you know, the Jesper Blomquist, maybe he's a bad choice because names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Jesper the Peter Schmeichel um, yeah. centre. Of, of where where they'd be playing, but that person would be remembered for forever, and I'd imagine I don't know what their foundations do, but um, you know they probably don't have amazing. I don't just think it's, it's the traffic and they think it's right across the country. In terms of soccer dome, right, is they are they're facing a bit of an issue mm. with their business in general. <clears throat> I think the accusations that we've seen, and you can see some of the people talking about this, and some of the people that are affected by it. If you go to our YouTube channel, just search Manchester Football Social. There's a video that our journalist Niall has put up there where you can see some of the people affected and some of the stories behind it as well. I talked earlier to the Peel Group and to Soccer Dome as well. Soccer Dome say they're working hard to keep the facility open, so it's not a done deal so far. Peel 
steel group who have become the villains of this entire piece who are the guys that built and own the trafford center say and it's quite a wordy statement so i'll try and rattle through it as quickly as i can but to give you some idea of where we are with this scenario is we understand the disappointment surrounding the likely closure of the power league soccer dome and indeed many of our employees and their families use the facility and we agree that it's been a great asset to the asset to the trafford city over the past 20 years. Uh, Essentially, they go on to say that they're doing all they can to keep it open. I had a chat to James Whitaker at the group earlier, and he says, ultimately, they aren't in charge of the rental situation. So the accusation has been that they've been upping the rents to try and force out Power League. They say they sublet to DW, who used to be, obviously, the JJB Soccer Mm -hmm. Dome, and they built these facilities, so they aren't directly involved in that. They are currently trying to help Power League keep the site open albeit a smaller site and if that doesn't happen it will they'll look for a new person to keep that open so it might be goals or it's got to be football it's got to be price isn't it? it's got to be whatever it's going to be rented out at means that whoever has got responsibility for it has then got to get the money into at least cover the rent and to earn profit mm. so let's get right back to the to the grassroots of, of rent and say Okay, let's get it at a reasonable price, but it's not an ideal world. And the great idea, and it just said it to um, to maybe the players just give a, a little bit of the salary, mm. all of them in the in in the City United, just a little bit. Well, this buy it, come into it, yeah, buy it, buy it, and have it as a peppercorn rent, and people can go and play there and, and not cost you a lot of money. Because if it don't cost a lot of money, a lot of people go there. Mm. I think it's about 60 quid for a pitch. We used to pay five of subs mm. each, about 50, 60, and that was in the day when no one mm. was there. So I don't know what it is, at night or weekend. Right, with something like that, you end up where you don't get that... Um, it's a bit like with football itself, where you used to go, you go to the match? Well, I got the match. Right. When now you have to be three weeks ahead and you have to arrange it and mm. know how you're getting there and whatever. For, for that amount of money, you wouldn't be just going, should we just go and have a game of five aside? So it's these sort of slightly organised uh, groups and you think you just quarter or half or a tenth of the amount of people that would do it because a lot of people just go really if, if, and if two don't when, turn when up then it makes it more expensive oh, for the that's other every week <laughs> every week <laughs> you can feel the, the pain of Alex as a five-a-side <laughs> player there uh, but the news is basically if you are following the story and if you are concerned about the closure it's not over yet their Peel Group and Soccer Dome are both making efforts to keep that facility open and if you want that's to find out do. more you can search Manchester Football Social on our YouTube channel right we're going to be back in a moment we're going to talk Manchester City and not only Manchester City a club that's big and about to get bigger the plans to extend the stadium size by 8,000 people is that just a little bit of uh, waving you know what by the owners or is it just encouraging more jokes about the empty hat your views at 0345 we'll talk about that next on the Manchester Football Social this is the Manchester Football Social legend review this is the Manchester Football Social. I'm Jim. We've got Gary Owen in the studio, Man City legend Alex Borden, Manchester United fan and comedian, and Nick Fraser from Vans FC in the studio as well. Hello, boys. Hey, Hello again, know. Jim. Hello again. If you want to get involved, <laughs> 0345 111 is the number. Nick, I want to talk to you about a badge that you posted today earlier on the Bands FC Twitter <coughs> account, which I think is one of my favourites so far. It was the Oasis slash Manchester City one that you put up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, the the train of thought that we have for doing one. So if you 
it kind of comes from the thing of the bands, and you think, right, what bands should we do one for? Um, and Oasis are going to be fairly high up there, yeah. Unless you just want to be specialist, and you know, and we've my taste is quite sort of uh, you know away from the mainstream. So we got people like Death Cab for Cutie and those kind of ones, and we always knew we'd have to do an Oasis one, and we knew it'd have to be Manchester City. We haven't just done one, have you? There's how many different Oasis uh, Man City badges are there? There's two Oasis badges, isn't there? There's the no, there's well, one. There's one Oasis, one Liam Gallagher, okay. one Noel Gallagher. <laughs> well, you couldn't do one and not the other, could there you? There is another City one, <laughs> which is um, a kid called uh, Shotty Horror, okay. who's a hip-hop sort of artist that's gone a bit more... Uh, he's got, got a band now. but um, so And we always use sort of one version of the badge. So the Oasis one was the one that had the eagle on, on, on it. Yes. You know, the bigger sort of one. And we, we just went with... The instead of the ship that's on it, we've used the um, Rolls Royce that's in the swimming pool from Be Here Now. Yes. So the shape is pretty much the same. And then Noel gets a High Flying Birds one, Liam got, gets his one. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Where can people go and see all these creations? We've talked about them, but obviously... Yeah, um, bandsfc.com right. and also um, on, on Twitter, um, which is a bit more interactive, hmm. um, where you can... Uh, say how we've let you down, <laughs> or let you club down, or whatever, and you will get a personalised answer from me. Lovely. Um, and, and that's um, at underscore bands underscore FC. If you head to our Twitter account, we've just retweeted the Salford City badge as well, so you can see that from the weekend, and that is MCR Footy Social. You can find that. Let's keep it on Manchester City for now, because there's been interesting news coming out of the club over the last couple of days, and the biggest news is that the Etihad Stadium, 63,000 people it currently holds, they're going to add 8,000 people to that. No, sorry, they're going to get up to 63,000 people by adding 8,000 people for that. That's a massive move from the club, Gary, but... There will be criticism, particularly from the man sitting to your left-hand side who yeah, supports will, United, listen, that you don't sell your seats. The league, is. we have no problem. We, the league, we can sell out every home game, no matter who we play. Um, oh, come on, Gary. Come the, on, Gary. Oh, sorry, this comes from United fan. Come on, Gary. You, can, games, you sold out last uh, week, but it's not every week, is it? John, just check, and then we'll... He's not the best <laughs> it's, predictor. He's not. He's so. not. We, we sell out... It's only our... The most we can put in that ground is 54,400 mm. maximum. Right. That's without segregation. With segregation. And, and by the way, our, our biggest crowd is probably something like Bournemouth or something like You know why? Because we have no aggravation with them. Mm-hmm. With United, we give another 150 tickets so they can rip out the rest of our... Um, Hang on, you took our, 300 off us this time. Well, no, we give you 150 back this time because you didn't have them the time before. Because, and, and they all think it, becomes, it, it comes from the club. It doesn't. It comes from uh, police, and they they decide how many tickets fans can get. Because so the, I'm not saying that when we go to Old Trafford, we don't rearrange their yeah. uh, loos and uh, washrooms. Of course, that happens there. That's why it, it happens with us and, and do there. But with with league games, we have fifty four thousand, fifty three thousand, depending on segregation. Champions so League is, is that actually they don't a buy demand in. for these extra eight thousand tickets? If those tickets were added to the stadium tomorrow, do you think City would be able to fill those extra eight thousand on an average match? Day? Well, you wouldn't spend that money. Unless they thought they, they could do it for the league game. The problem is, is when we play cup games and Champions League, they've not bought into it. No matter mm. how we've tried to do it, you will not buy into it because of the sanctions that happened three years ago. And and then those sanctions happened, we actually, they actually paid us the money back when mm. 
they could say exactly what and what, done. what what did they get for a Champions League game because I know you could you, it's hard to keep up sort of on Twitter or whatever with somebody taking a picture and then someone saying that was three o'clock in the afternoon yeah because it, for instance we have we had four home games on the spin one of those was shacked out forty five thousand there when it's fifty four thousand but we had three home games from the Thursday the Saturday the Wednesday and the Sunday against United on the trot and that I don't care who you are. That takes some spending, well, even if you try to. But I guess it that's the difference. You try to. But I guess that's the difference in the clubs to a certain extent. It, the City, those four home games, you're fishing in the same pool. United are in a situation where they're fishing in four different pools. They can pull fans in from all these different places. And with the best one in the world, City haven't managed yeah, to get there yet. Yeah, but starting that, we used to criticise United when you saw coaches or yeah. from the Far East coming. I don't mean coaches from the Far East, but, but supporters from the Far East Long coming James in. James and, and the <laughs> You'd have to use the toilet. <laughs> and uh, so they'd come in and now we're getting the same ones in the, in the suite that I host on mm. a match day. You're getting now people from all over the world, from Australia, from you name it, everywhere they're in there. Mm. Tables are coming. And that only becomes because of how the team has evolved and how successful they've been and the football they were playing. So they want to come and see. And some people come, not because they're City fans now, because they want to just come and see City play. We're going to squeeze in Phil, who's on the line. Phil's a blue. Evening, Phil. Evening, Jim. How are you, lads? All right? Hi, Phil. So what is this, Phil? Is this just City flexing their muscles again or is there planning for the future? Is it City setting out their stall and going, we will be the biggest club in the world? I sort of, I mean, I'm agreeing with Gary that the, the fans are treating Europe with apathy at the moment and um, it, it, a 63,000 stadium for a European game isn't necessary. But as Gary also says, as the club becomes successful, that will attract more fans from around the world. That's the baggage that you get. Mm. I, I run one of the supporters clubs. Uh, I run the Earlham Supporters Club. I've been running it for 10 years. And in that period of time, the number of supporters clubs that City have got has gone from about 120 to, I think it's over 200 now, Gary. Um, Here's Kevin Parker, who's, who's Kevin, my business yeah. partner. He's the secretary. Yeah. And it's gone up yeah, to... No, listen, I can't even tell you how many because it just adds on each. Mm. Each month there's more and more from all, all parts. Yeah, it's keeps going up every month, and it's well over two hundred now. And and that's but and unfortunately, that's what success does. It brings in these. It's glory hunters, the right word. I don't know whether we justify the sixty-three thousand stadium. I'd have to say at the moment. For the foreseeable future, no. But who knows, five years down the line, we, we, you don't know, do you? Do you know what, there's some really interesting things that have come out of this, however, City. However you view the expansion, two of the things I like about this, and it is, I think City do football right a lot, but they're talking about making a lot of these seats affordable for fans, which I think every single football fan has to get on board with the idea mm -hmm. of cheaper seats the for fans. standing area as well. This is the other thing, safe standing, proposing mm. safe standing in the ground, which I think... I mean, as someone that goes to the game, Phil, that's what we all want, isn't it? We Absolutely. want to see I, safe standing. Yeah, I've got a fantastic seat. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't object to safe standing. Whether I'd go back to it or not at my age, I don't know. But <laughs> I've got affordable is a very good point, Jim. I've got a great seat at the Etihad that I've had from the day it opened in the top tier of the East Stand, and it's very, very affordable. It, you know, for, for for the quality of probably wasn't value for money when I first got it, but for the football that I'm watching now, you know, it, it, it's, it's very, it's very value for money. Absolutely, it's very affordable. And I think that's important in, in in all in all football clubs that you've got to make it affordable. You can't price the fans out of it. You just can't do it. Fans are the lifeblood of the game. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. Phil. It's got to be because four games on the trot is just crazy. Phil, thank you very much for your call, mate. Appreciate you coming on. Thank no you very worries. much. Take care, to Alex. You're welcome. See you. Thank you very much, Nick Fraser from Bands FC, Gary Owen, and Alan Ball, Alex, Alan Boardman. <laughs> Alex Boardman. That's all we've got time for tonight on the Manchester Football Social. Back tomorrow for our Man City show, Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. We'll see you then. Excess Manchester. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>